We are back with episode two of season two of an Empowered You, the podcast. This month, we've been talking all about love, and today I am so thrilled to have Dr. Shelly Prasad on this show because we are talking trauma, we are talking yoni eggs, we are talking sexual pleasure, and we are talking how to get out of your own head and get the healing that you need so that you can really invest yourself in a partnership that will grow and you will be filled with love and joy. And I couldn't be more thrilled to do this with Shelly. So here we go. Let's go. From struggle to purpose, fighting through the curses, you are now listening to Dodging the Surface, but nobody noticed, and empowered you. My name is Rhonda Karan, and I am obsessed with everything marketing and bringing the magic sauce back to your life. I'm a mom of three, serial entrepreneur, and have turned a mess into a beautiful message. I am here to empower you through education, celebration, and falling in love with the person that matters the most, and that is you. No shy talk, straight, raw, real, and uncomfortable topics that empower you in life and in business. A safe space for you to grow, heal, and be the best version of yourself. Get comfortable, pull up a seat, and get ready to be challenged and empowered while you learn. This is an Empowered You podcast. So I would love to kick this off with you telling me a little bit about yourself, what you do, and some of the things that you're really passionate about in your practice. So hello, everyone. I am Dr. Shelley. I'm a female sexual empowerment coach, tantra teacher, author, and Recently, Medicine Woman, COVID was this huge blessing that gifted me this new path to incorporate plant medicine into my sexual empowerment practice. And that was literally the biggest gift because it not only allowed me to revamp my coaching practice, but also to really do some deep healing within me to really allow me to step into my full potential. So what I really focus on is healing traumas with plant medicine and I know today's topic, we're talking all about self-love, and I had this awareness before we were going to do this podcast about how much this ultimate feminine wound, which is the never enough syndrome, whether it's my body's not perfect enough, whether it's I don't have enough money, I'm not feminine enough, I'm not productive enough, creative enough, sexual enough, you name it, we're always judging ourselves as not being enough. And that creates this internal insecurity where we don't want to show the world our weaknesses, our vulnerabilities, our uh, like the not, the not enough, like whatever that is, that insecurity, we don't want to show the world. So we do such a good job at hiding it and keeping it hidden. And it takes so much work to keep it hidden, but it connects in all other areas of our life. So for me, when plant medicine showed up at the beginning of COVID, it was just like this root cause of all the problems in my life that I had been struggling with on and off was just uprooted. And that was this huge awakening this morning. It was like, that is the ultimate feminine wound, this never enough syndrome. 
So that's really what I'm super passionate about right now in my business. I love that. I love that. And, you know, one of the things that I've experienced along my journey of just finding healing with generational trauma, past relationships and everything that, you know, I've been through and being that it's in February, the month of love, it's also Black History Month. Um, But for me, my entire niche and passion is self-love. How can I help people fall so deep in love with themselves so that they can be the best version of themselves along the way? And that is including myself. So what would you say to someone that is dealing with lots of trauma from an old relationship and it's hard for them to get into a new relationship because you kind of carry those wounds and that trauma over with, with them? What is some advice that you would give with someone that's sitting home lonely, they haven't been able to just find a significant other, and if they found them, they wind up messing it up and screwing it up because they're still harnessing all this trauma from a past relationship or even from a past you know, mother or father or colleague, what would you say to them? Exactly. And that's just it. Whatever relationship baggage that we carry into our next relationship, or even that stops us from creating that next relationship, it's not always just relationship baggage from our intimate relationships, but what shows up in our intimate relationships often stems from childhood wounds, bad, toxic relationships with our parents or watching our parents have a toxic relationship. So my advice is going to go deep and it's going to really have you just sit there and ask, what am I really looking for in others that I'm unwilling to give myself? And with it being self-love, the topic We have to be willing to give ourselves that love, the unconditional love. So are you willing to love yourself unconditionally? And if not, what parts of yourself can you not love yourself unconditionally? Can you not look at and go, you know what? Okay, I don't like that about myself, but I'm going to love it unconditionally because it's a part of me. And underneath it, there's a little gold nugget of wisdom. There's something there that's going to help me tap into my full potential. So if you can just remember that there's something good underneath that part of you that you don't like, that is now manifesting as relationship problems and relationships of all kinds, that's really going to help you understand how to let go of the relationship baggage and two, how to not carry it into your next relationship. Because until we work on ourselves, we're going to keep repeating the same relationship patterns over and over and over again. So if we have a person that hears that and it's like, okay, it sounds good, but it's easier said than done, right? Like where does a person even begin? Because I, what I believe is that a lot of people try to do it on their own. And a lot of people try to awaken things within them spiritually, mentally, physically, and emotionally that they've just never been taught how to do. It's like a baby that is learning how to potty train, a toddler that's learning how to potty train. If they're not taught and if you're not in the bathroom with them as an adult for three days straight teaching them how to use the bathroom, they're just not going to get it. But it's the same for us because we've a lot of us have never been modeled how to have a great relationship with another man, how to have another great relationship with a parent or a mom. And they don't even know where to begin. So where do they begin? Dr. Shelley, tell me. Absolutely. And I know it is so much easier said than done because for me, it was also like, okay, I get all these concepts logically, but then having to do that internal work, it can be difficult because you just, 
you don't know where to begin, but you also don't know what's connected to what. So if you can just begin, let's say your past relationship ended bad. Let's say your partner was abusive to you. And this could be mental abuse, emotional abuse, verbal abuse, sexual abuse, financial abuse, any kind of abuse. And if we really look at that, my first question to you, if I was coaching, you would be, where are you abusing yourself? Because oftentimes we overlook the self-abuse and we disregard it, or it's just become so normal that we just don't even realize we're abusing ourselves. And that's where for me, anytime I was able to look at an external partner and go, wow, and I want to blame them for abusing me or manipulating me or controlling me, I would always stop and go, wait, where am I doing that to myself? And it takes it takes you to have some strength to look in the mirror and go, where am I doing that to myself? But I think too, it takes time because sometimes you might not easily see it. Like, because I, I, I don't self-sabotage myself. I don't, I'm not hard on myself, but there's still some areas where I'm like, wait, what are you doing right now? Because you must be doing something because you're still attracting this same cycle, but sometimes it's not as easy to see. No, it's not. And there's so many layers there. So it starts with us and then it goes back to what did we inherit from our parents? And then it's just that generational trauma. What did we show up to heal for all of our ancestors? And that is really hard work. And that is literally like the wisdom in that or the knowledge and awarenesses in that. It's so locked away, so hidden, so buried that it does take time to get there and it may take additional assistance. It may take, you know, the help of cannabis or plant medicine to really quiet your mind, your logical thinking, analytical mind that wants to tell you what's right, what's wrong. It keeps you in the ego loop of good, bad, right, wrong, positive, negative, instead of shutting that off and dropping you into your heart to be able to feel, wow, what did I come here to heal? If I look back at my mother's relationship, oh, you know what? I can see her doing that. I can see where she was abusive to herself or abusive to my dad or abusive to me. So where did I then inherit that? So it's literally like if we can look at it as layers and if we can't see what's going on with ourselves, where we're abusing ourselves, maybe we can expand that vision out. Okay, so where did my mother or father abuse one another or abuse themselves mentally, verbally, emotionally, whatever, and then go further. Do I know anyone else in my family that had that? And that's how we can start seeing what, start seeing what these generational or ancestral patterns are that we showed up to heal. And those are things that we can't regret. We can't feel guilty about. We can't beat ourselves up because I know for me being the perfectionist, Anytime I would find something about myself that I'm like, shit, I got to heal that or that's not working or I don't like that. Once I discover it and I go into that like judgment that I'm judging myself for not being perfect, for not having it healed yet, for not figuring it out. And it's like, we got to stop that judgment of the judgment, judgment of the problems, judgment of the pain, because we're so self-critical, which is the opposite of self-love. And, you know, I, I dated a narcissist for 17 years um, and I have two kids with, with him. And, you know, uh, I, I saw him this trip back in 
Dominican Republic. And there's nothing there, thank God. Like, you know, like I, I don't even view him in that light anymore. And that's because I'm falling in love with me. But I noticed that women that don't love themselves, women that don't honor themselves, women that just self-sabotage their entire world are the ones that are usually attracted to these narcissists. Because a woman that has her head on straight, a woman that knows who the fuck she is, a woman that stands in her ground, she's not letting no narcissist like in her life. She can spot those red flags right away because she's already done the work. Why is it that women that just do not love themselves, do not honor themselves, are so easily attracted to men that are just narcissistic or just controlling or try to kind of make them feel like there's a void that's missing in their life. They kind of look for that like person to be controlling and demanding because they've just lost all control of their own life. What would you say a woman like that? What kind of advice can we give a woman that may be in that specific situation? Well, and you took the words right out of my mouth. Like it's that void. So really for her to look at her life, look at her self-love practices, what is she hungry for? What is she really craving in life? What is that void that she has to fill up with a narcissistic partner who literally controls her, manipulates her, makes her feel good for however long it is, but then goes right back into making her feel like shit or making her feel whatever he makes her feel like. And it really goes, I think there's a little bit more to it that when women don't feel enough, coming back to that never enough syndrome, that being with a narcissist somehow it feels that void that for those brief moments, they feel enough, but then it's like that validation for them as well, that they're not enough. So it's like this double-edged sword that they're caught in. It's that loop that they're caught in that for those brief moments, because I've worked with quite a few clients and yes, but he's a nice guy or yes, but he supports me. Yes, but he's- Yes, the sex is great and he blows my back out. Yeah, they reason and justify- him. And then they disregard all those other things because they don't feel enough. They don't feel that they can have a voice. They don't feel that they deserve better. They don't feel that they literally are in their full potential and are enough to deserve somebody better. So for them, that fills that void of not being enough. So it validates their own internal belief system about themselves which we don't need validation, whether it's good validation or bad validation, we don't need validation. I learned that the hard way. Like I used to like get so giddy when someone used to tell me like how beautiful I was or damn girl, you fine. Or like just a gesture of some kind of filling me up that used to get me like all giddy and put me in a good mood. But now it's like, okay, thank you. And not to be cocky. I'm already aware that I'm beautiful. I'm already aware that my body is nice. I'm already aware of these things. So it's just kind of like it's, it becomes well that, well, that was kind, you know what I mean? That's a nice thing to say, or just, learning that because it took a while for me to like truly understand that, you know? Yeah. And that again, always stems back to needing validation from our parents. So many people 
well, I didn't get love from my mother or my father. And that really stems like our relationship with our mother creates our relationships with all women. Our relationship with our father creates our relationships with all men. So if we didn't get love from our mother, if we didn't feel worthy in her eyes because she didn't view herself as worthy, now we're going to create all these dysfunctional relationships with our girlfriends, with our daughters, with our sisters, with any woman, female clients where we never feel worthy enough in their eyes. So we seek that validation, which just fills the void but it's not the validation that we are giving ourselves. It's again, external validation. That's never going to solve our, that internal struggle that we have. It's never going to solve our problems. It's never going to be enough for us. I agree. Absolutely. And it's like, you know, that's where the shadow work happens, you know, and that's where it's like, you know, getting a coach like Dr. Shelley Prasad, or, you know, if, you, if you're the type of person that you don't have funding, but you have health insurance and you're able to go get a psychologist or a therapist to kind of assist you along the way. And just like anything in life, you have to kind of try. You try. And if the first situation doesn't work out, you go try again and you try again and you try again until you finally find that right relationship that really feeds your soul and allows you to dig deep and do that shadow work because it's so essential. You know, with me, I've done so much of it. And during my surgery, it was so mentally challenging and I get emotional just like thinking about it because, you know, first of all, I'm in the country with the narcissist that I was with for 17 years. So this is where I'm having my surgery. So many like hidden triggers that kept coming up and arising. And I didn't understand why I was so mad. And I didn't understand why I felt depressed and I felt easily triggered and I was taking it out on my kids. And I really didn't understand what was going on. And it took for me to sit with myself and say, listen, this country brings you a lot of hurt. It brings you a lot of pain. So even though you're trying to suppress those memories and act like they're not a part of your journey, they are and your body feels it and 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 your mind and i don't know the regular you know what that terminology is exactly or you know maybe you can fill that in for me but like why like if you've already gone through the shadow work and you've done the shadow work why does your body revisit it in a way that you can't really like i can't understand it i can't like put it together help me make sense of that yeah and that is such such a good question because literally the body stores all the memories, all the emotions, all the trauma. So we can do all the mental and emotional, psychological shadow work, inner child work that we want. And we can tell ourselves, I'm done with it. I've let it go. But there comes a point where you actually have to address the body. You have to either do body work to get it out of your body, which is a long process because I spent 15 years in the body work realm, being a chiropractor, getting worked on, doing every energy work modality under the sun. And I thought my self-judgment, I thought I was done with it. It never really showed up every now and then the never enough syndrome would show up connected to money. Cause I found I had this limiting belief connected to money and money was connected to my worth. And if I didn't have enough money, then that meant my worth was low. So it would show up there as far as self-judgment, but I was over the body self-judgment. I was over the, all the other confidence stuff, self-judgment kind of stuff that shows up for me. It wasn't until I did my recent round of three combo ceremonies 
third, third ceremony was really working on healing my relationship with me. The first one was my masculine side. The second one was my feminine side. Third one was me. And what came out in that third ceremony was everywhere that this self-judgment that I bought into from the time I was a little girl that went all the way back from my mother, my grandmother, my entire ancestral line. I saw all of them flash before my eyes as I was purging and vomiting out this self-judgment, this bitterness that had been passed down the feminine lineage. And that's when it really hit me like, shit, look at all the work I've done 15 years. And I thought I had healed this because it doesn't really show up in my life. But it's still buried there in my cells, in my stomach. And it had been creating bloating. That shit is crazy. It's fucking crazy. Like, really, cells? Shut the fuck up. I got this. Right? Like, I thought we were done with this. And since my dad had passed, I had struggled with this bloating. And I had a lot of energy healers tell me, oh, well, you haven't processed the grief. And maybe there's guilt. And I had worked around my dad's passing so freaking much. I'm like, there's nothing else left there. That's not it. And so this combo ceremony, when I'm like, oh shit, literally after that, the bloating completely disappeared because my body was trying to tell me, this is really what a combo ceremony. Let's get into that. What is that? So combo is a poison from the Amazonian tree frog and you get different points on your skin burnt. So for this one, it was on the back of my neck. And then the poison gets put on those dots on your skin. So it can basically start scanning your body. The poison goes in and it literally, for me, I feel like it's energetically scanning my entire body, looking for anything that does not serve me so I can purge it out. So whether those are chemical toxins, bacteria, viruses, infections, blocked emotion. So the self-judgment was a lot of blocked emotions. It was a lot of pain in my stomach that just kept my power down. Um, and it was interesting looking at my three series on the first day, my masculine side was allergies and the spiritual meaning of purging allergies is a denial of your own power. The second day was just healing a lot of the feminine lineage stuff, that bitterness and blocked emotions from my feminine side, my ancestors. And then that third day, it was like bringing the two together. The feminine side was the self-judgment, the denial of my power. It was all stored in my stomach. So the bloating. So it was like this beautiful coming together of just getting it all out of my body. Because what happens when we keep those memories stored in our body, any little experience, smell, any situation, a word that somebody says can trigger even just the same, like you said, you were in the same place where you were with this partner for 17 years. So all of those memories started showing up, triggering your body. So your body, because it stores the memories of the trauma, guess what it does? It starts rewiring that trauma back through your nervous system, back to your brain, which kind of, it's like it undoes all the mental, emotional, psychological work that we did because it's now it's wiring it back into your brain. And that's where you start acting out the frustration, the anger, the shortness with your kids, the whatever shows up. It's those reactive responses that get triggered from the trauma getting triggered in your body. That's why the body is so important. And that's why they say true enlightenment occurs through embodiment. We have to heal our body. We got to involve our body. We got to include it. We can't disregard it as being sinful, as not being good enough, as not being needed on this spiritual path. We need our body because our body stories everything. Yeah. And you know, you know, while you're talking, it's like, uh, Jaslyn gets a lot of 
like like clap back from me you know and it's like um I used to at her age I used to get the most clap back from my mom and it was really mean it was like some of the meanest things you can say and it was like mentally physically and emotionally and it was just like really overwhelming and overbearing at times so it's like it's never been modeled to me of like how to be patient with a 15 year old or how to try and understand a 15 year old or how to not tell her she's annoying or get out of your face when you don't want to deal with her because it hasn't been modeled but it it's because of like what you were just explaining. And I'm so intrigued by this ceremony that you're talking about, but it also sounds scary as shit. Like to put poison on your body and ask, like, I don't know. I don't know. Do you get a lot of people that are just like scared to do it? And has there been a situation where someone got a negative reaction from it? Well, there's, so yeah, it's definitely scary, no matter what kind of plant medicine journey you embark on, whether it's combo, ayahuasca, bufo, psilocybin, yahe, any plant medicine, there's going to be a little bit of fear going into it because you don't know what kind of journey you're going to go on. You don't know if you're going to be looking at your shadow or if you're going to be looking at the lights and having this beautiful, amazing journey. So yes, there's always a little bit of fear going into it. There have not been, I mean, it's kind of a very perspective thing. Like a negative experience could be painful. Yes, it is going to be painful. There's a lot of purging. You have to drink three liters of water right before you get the medicine applied to your skin. So your stomach feels full. And then, you know, all of your organs, they start inflaming a little bit so they can start purging. So you get heat, you get sweaty, you get tingling in your ears. So the experience for everyone is different based on what they're purging and what they're healing. As far as negative experiences, my shaman, he answered a question that was kind of a fear from one of my friends before I did my ceremony. One of my friends, he Googled, oh, look, there's been five deaths from combo. And I'm like, okay, but there's also been 47,000 deaths from opioid addiction. So which is worse? I would rather trust, and this is what I told him, I would rather trust medicine from Mother Earth than medicine made from a laboratory. So one of those fears was, can somebody die during a plant medicine ceremony? And the answer my shaman gave me was, what happens is plant medicine of any kind, ayahuasca, bufo, combo, it opens up the portal to higher dimensions. If someone is truly ready to pass and to leave their body, that portal is open. So it's easier for them to do it. So if they make that conscious choice to just go like, okay, you know what? I'm here. Wow. It's beautiful. I'm just going to stay here. Then that's when death happens. It's not that combo medicine is bad or kills you. It opens the portal and gives you that choice. If you're in that space, if you're not wanting to be here, if you're not wanting to be alive. But other and, than- it kinda, and it kind of go, always goes back to like, it starts and ends with you. Like everyone's healing journey looks differently. Like I'm intrigued by what you're saying, but like it would probably take me a lot to consider going into it only because I just did this cosmetic surgery and that like threw me off and unbalanced me in a way that I never expected. So I just, I don't know. I'm just like scared of everything now I'm living. And then I have to get over that because it start that starts to a fear as well but one of the things i want to go back to just talking about finding love 
right? And you're on this journey and you're healing and you feel it, you start to manifest it. Like I say it to myself all the time. Like my man is coming this year. I'm going to meet him. I feel it. I feel good. I still feel like I do have a lot of work that I could do, but I feel like we continue to do the work until we die. Right. And when you, when you find a lifelong partner, you're already on this wave of healing and growing. So your partner is going to kind of match that same vibe, but there's a lot of women that don't believe that. How important is manifestation in your love life? It is super important. That's how I manifested my partner. I had, and I posted about this today, actually. I had told myself, okay, I'm not going to do everything that I need to do because we don't need to be perfect before a partner shows up. We need to do the work. Yes. But we don't need to be hundred percent perfect because a partner is actually going to show up to help trigger us to heal and evolve even more. However, you have to know what you want in a partner. So manifesting with a list, this is what I want. This is what I don't want. These are the red flags that are going to be big no-nos for me. These are the things that are absolute no-nos. Like I cannot live with those at all. So the clearer we are on what we want and what we don't want, and even what we want in a partner to hold us accountable, to match us at that spiritual vibration of we're going to heal together. We're going to heal past karma. We're going to heal relationship karma. Knowing that is going to help you to manifest a partner so much quicker. And then an extra little tip or advice that I would love to give is once you have the list of everything you want and don't want in a partner, go through that list. Am I being that for me? Am I doing those things for me? And if so, you're going to move yourself one step closer to manifesting a partner because you're already vibrating at that frequency. If you're not, you're going to manifest people who are less than your list to only trigger you to get you to look at where you're not being those things that you want. So they'll show up and they may look good on paper, but then they're not really going to fulfill your list. And that's where if women don't love themselves unconditionally, they will settle for less because again, they don't feel they deserve a hundred percent of everything they want, or they start fearing that they're going to be alone or they're getting old or biological click clock is ticking. There's so many fears that start showing up that force women to settle because time time's running out and we can't, we can't live that way. No, we can't you know, I'm 42 years old and I just want to enjoy the rest of my life. And, you know, sometimes I find myself drifting back to like thinking I'm lacking money or thinking I'm lacking um, opportunities. And then I have to just be like, girl, you're not lacking anything. You are thriving. You are incredible. You are going to make all the riches in the world. And it's because it's okay to have that thought, but like, how are you acting when that thought enters? you know, your brain, what are you feeding that thought? And that's so freaking important because that will signify and open up and, and tell the universe exactly what you want to attract. It's also scientific and magical and, and really like, like I, sometimes I can't even find the like whimsical in a way. And I try to like, look at it from like a story. I've, I've been finding myself like looking at things from more childhood, um, like a more childlike mind. And it's like really fascinating. Cause it's just like nothing else really matters. You know, it's like my girls, myself, my home, my companies, the beautiful relationships that I build with people that also help me thrive and grow. Like I'm not connecting with anyone that doesn't serve 
deserve, you know, what I feel I deserve in my life. And the more you fall in love with your, yourself, the more you start tr- attracting magnificent people because you become this like powerhouse of a person that just is ready to just like thrive in areas you didn't even know or believe in, you know? Totally. Well, you raise your vibration. So the whole manifesting thing, it's not just for a partner, it's for clients, it's for friends, it's for people to help elevate you. So, and that's really, isn't that really what life is about? The more we elevate ourselves, we plant seeds of consciousness that help elevate others, but we also attract in people who are going to be there to hold us accountable, to keep us. No, we are going to keep elevating and elevating and elevating higher and higher. We're not settling for less. We don't have to settle for less. No, not at all. And, you know, I want to, I want to touch on the yoni eggs, right? Because my daughter bought me some yoni eggs for Christmas and I just got back. So I haven't even began to dabble. They have like all this different one. It even came with a chain that you tie around your neck with a yoni egg on the chain. So kind of like that rose quartz um, stone. Tell me like, where do I even begin? What are some of the things that you start to experience when you try yoni eggs for the first time i don't want to be like scared of anything or not know like i think when you don't know it kind of makes things a little bit more tricky so tell me tell me what i need to know or for a woman that you know doesn't even know what yoni eggs are what are they how can they help your overall um health being sexual being and all that good stuff Yeah. So first, that is so exciting. And congratulations for getting your yoni eggs for Christmas. I love it. So yoni eggs are these stone crystals that you put inside of your vagina to help heal your sexuality. And there's so many healing benefits that I'll try to go through a few of them here. But basically what it does is it helps to strengthen your pelvic floor muscles. And there are reflexology points inside of your vagina that connect to every organ in your body. So it helps to remove those blockages in your meridians. So energy can flow from head to toe without a blockage in your first or second chakra, which is where a lot of our energy gets blocked and stuck due to the instability, the lack of safety, feeling insecure, and then any kind of sexual limitations or inhibitions or shame or body issues or just resentment towards our menstrual cycle, even all of that gets stuck and stored in our sexual organs and our womb and our ovaries and our yoni, which then creates dis-ease, whether it's physical health ailments, whether it's endometriosis, PCOS, fibroids, cysts, painful sex, low libido, imbalanced hormones, Um, incontinence is a huge one. And women who've had kids who've given birth naturally, they have a 50% higher risk of having prolapse, which is where your organs want to fall out through your vagina and they want to go up in there and insert a wire mesh. And then of course, incontinence. And for me, my path with Yoni eggs began because I was 21 and I'm working out and jumping rope. And I'm like, why do I feel like I have a weak pelvic floor muscle. Why do I feel like I want to pee my pants here? Like if I sneeze, I would dribble a little, but it's because I did such heavy weightlifting that I wasn't strengthening my internal muscles. So they were actually tight. So I had to work through the tightness first before I could actually start with the yoni egg, but it completely took away my menstrual cramps. I had PCOS cyst in my ovaries. Those disappeared. They keep you turned on. So they help you to enhance and awaken your creativity, your productivity, your femininity, your sensuality. They make sex so much more enjoyable. So the list goes on and on and on. So where do you begin? You begin with setting an intention with your yoni egg. What do you desire to receive from it? 
put your own energy into it. Cleanse it physically and energetically. So you can cleanse it with water and a drop of tea tree oil or lavender oil. And then, or you could do it with a little bit like a teaspoon of white vinegar. Those are two ways that you can clean your yoni egg. Set your intention with it. You can also charge it in the moonlight so she can soak up all those good vibes from the moon, which is nice. Your cycle with the moon. Illuminating from the inside out, ladies. Exactly. You can sage it before you use it as well, just to cleanse any vibrations and energies that are attached to it from whoever you bought it from and the shipping process until it reached you. I usually like to see well before I charge it in the moonlight and then in between uses I'll sage it especially if you're doing some heavy deep work if you're going into your sexual shadow some of the things you may experience when you first start a yoni egg practice you may get cramping you may get a really funky smell you may get some discharge that doesn't look normal so you may have some unusual symptoms but all of that's normal because your body is letting go of whatever is stored in your so just listen to your body trust the process ask it what it needs you can start wearing it for 30 minutes a day an hour a day work your way up to working with it in all day you can then eventually do yoga with it i like to sleep with mine in as well which also allows you to remember your dreams and have more lucid dreams um just remember in the morning that you do have a yoni again so when you go to the bathroom it doesn't fall out and you lose it in the toilet. So that's where I would. So, yeah. so when you put, when you put it in, what's holding it in is you squeezing your muscle. So the yeah. minute you let go, the, so, so, so don't push it all the way in ladies where it's kind of like getting lost. It's just literally right there in the tips, slipping it right in and then holding on, squeezing it. And you're literally squeezing your, your pussy for an hour. And what is it called exactly that you're squeezing? Let's get the right terminology. Well, you're doing Kegels. So you're squeezing your pelvic floor muscles, but there's three pelvic floor muscle groups So actually, when you put it in, you want to put it in big end first. When you put it in, you then are going to use your muscles to pull it up in higher. Because like I said, there's three muscle groups. The outer muscle group is by your clit. It's by your urethral opening. So that's the muscle group that you use to start and stop your flow of urine. But there's two deeper muscle groups up inside of your yoni. The middle layer is the one that's in like your vaginal canal. And then the upper layer of muscles is up near your cervix. So when you are using the bathroom with your yoni egg in, you're going to be squeezing the upper two muscle groups and relaxing the lower one so you can still pee, but you're holding the egg in, which can take some practice at first. And if it falls out the first couple times you use it, don't worry, don't get frustrated. It's a practice just like anything else. It takes time. So you just have to commit to it and keep doing it. Talk to your body, listen to your body. Your body will tell you how long to use it, when to use it. Your body will tell you everything you need to know. 
Yeah, because I think that that happens so much is that like when we get frustrated when things don't work out the way we've been coached for it to work out. And we, we don't really know how anything's going to work out because every human body is different. It's like with my surgery and all these complications that I've had with the surgery, but other women have it, you know, and it's like it's you don't really ever know what to expect from any scenario that you're going into it because everyone's mind, body and soul is a different. It's different. And I think so many women start to get in their head when they fail or when they don't do it exactly by the book, even when they do like these diet plans and when they're doing these like, you know, eating and and trying to get, get with intermediate fasting or intuitive eating. And they don't really understand that it's just more about coming to terms with what really works for you. And I had to learn that the hard way because it's like now I have a beautiful relationship with food. I eat what I want. I eat whatever I want, whenever I want. But I'm also really mindful of the things that I put in my body most of the time. You know what I mean? Because it's like before I used to beat myself up for having like chocolate or sweets or something like a sweet. I have a sweet tooth. So now I try to find the best kind of sweets that I can possibly put in my body versus going to the store and getting a Twinkie or a Ho-Ho or something that's filled with chemicals. So it's just like about just like with everything else, it's about being mindful. It's about honoring your journey and your path along the way. It's about truly finding what works for you and just finding that spark, you know, within for yourself and not being so hard on yourself along the way. Wouldn't you agree? Absolutely. Cause that was my thing as well. Competing in fitness competitions and dieting, I eventually said, fuck all of that. It doesn't work. Cause when you diet, you're starving yourself of things. And then when you come off the diet, you crave those things or those things are calling your attention so much that they pull you off. And then you go into this judgment and it's a vicious cycle of judgment that you broke the diet or you binged on this or purged on that. And it's just, it's not healthy. I'm like, you, I eat whatever I want. I love chocolate, but I go out and I buy the best chocolate there is. And then last night, like I bought cacao and then I made my own chocolate with it. I put in cinnamon and ginger and all these yummy spices. Yum. Even better. Because that's what my body wants. So give it what it wants, but try to feed it the best possible version of what it wants instead of the diluted and of course you know some people don't have the finances some people start to say but it's so expensive it's really not there's farmers markets that sell cacao there's so many different alternatives when it comes to just eating the right way and it's just all about looking at yourself in the mirror and saying okay how do I want to honor my body today, mind, body, and soul? How much do I want to love myself today, mind, body, and soul? Because every single thing that you are saying to yourself is what's attracting everything that's around you. So tell me, Dr. Shelley, getting ready to wrap up this wonderful um, series, what, what else do you think is a great takeaway for women that are just feeling down, you know, just haven't really found you know, their partner haven't really found themselves. Like, you know, what, what encouragement do you give them as we end this? Topic being on self-love, really find that like deep, deep, deep love for yourself. Love the good, love the bad, love the ugly, love the dark, love everything about yourself. And it starts with looking at, okay, so right now, why am I not a hundred percent happy? What's holding me back from being 100% happy in my life and my relationships? What is that one thing that I feel that I'm missing? And then whatever it is, 
okay, you may not be able, you may look at it and go, well, I'm missing a partner. Okay, well, you can't go out and give yourself a partner, but what would a partner give you that would make you 100% happy? Would he give you joy, happiness, pleasure, freedom, support, safety, vulnerability? What is that? And then once you find that, bring that in and give that to yourself because the more you can start vibrating from that, which is what he's going to give you, or if you're desiring more money. So what is money going to give you? What emotion is it going to instill in you? Freedom. Okay. So can I start living that today? Can I start giving that to myself today? Because the more you can do that on a daily basis, the more you're going to start vibrating at the level of already having that, which is going to help you manifest it even faster. So that's truly self-love. That's self-love at every level. I practice that in my business. I'm like, where do I see my business in six months? Okay, here. Well, what can I do today to start giving my business that? How can I start acting as though I already have that? How can I honor my business and go here? You can have it now. We're not functioning from lack. And when I do, it's like, boom, everything that just starts aligning up, showing up as if by magic. Like that's the magic that you talked about earlier. Yeah, absolutely. It's all about that magic sauce in your life. And that true magic sauce in your life is the pot of self-love that you continue to stir each and every day. And as I always say, it always starts and ends with you. Dr. Shelly Prasad's information will all be linked below her website, ways that you can connect with her. As always, Queen, I always appreciate just conversing with you and coming into your world and allowing others to thrive in the areas of love because loving ourselves is the, truly the best gift that we can ever give to ourselves. And cheers to an empowered you. Yes, it is. Thank you so much, my dear. I always love being here with you as well. It's my pleasure. Mwah, sending you so much love. Ciao, Bella. Bye. Bye.